there's something scary hiding in the back of your closet. Your bathing suits and summer clothes thing you're pretty sure don't fit anymore. What if there was a way to get into summer shape in one visit? Here's Dr. Brian Strand for Sonabello to explain. It really is quite remarkable. Sonabello doctors use a technology called microlaser fat removal, and the results are amazing. We customize your procedure to accomplish your goals. Just share with us the problem areas where you'd like the fat in inches removed. And in one visit, they're gone, permanently. I can't tell you how often I hear clients say how many years they've been trying to diet and exercise those inches away. And we did it in one comfortable visit. It's time to get your summer on. Visit any of our Sonabella locations across the U.S. And right now, you can save $250. Visit sonobello.com slash save. sonobello.com slash save. That's sonobello.com slash save. The General Insurance presents Shower Ballads by Shaq. And I'm gonna keep out everyone does sound better in the shower and it turns out the general is a quality insurance company that's been saving people money for nearly 60 years for a great low rate and nearly 60 years of quality coverage make the right call and go with the general the general auto insurance services inc insurance agency nashville tennessee some restrictions apply The Exxon Radio and TV show is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio and TV show or in any manner endorsed by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, Talkstar Radio Network, its affiliated stations, or employees. All Hit Radio. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Doesn't mean much. Back everyone, this is the Exxon on the Talkstar Radio Network, Exxon Broadcast Network, UK High Definition Radio, Euro High Definition Radio, Star Cable, Exxon TV, and our growing family of broadcast affiliates right across Canada, the United States, Central America, the Caribbean, South America, the Pacific Rim, Asia, India, Africa, and Europe. Worldwide toll free 1 800 610 7035. Email exxon at exxonradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, Exxon Radio TV at Hotmail.com, and our website, www.exxonradiotv.com. 
Exxon Nation, my guest this hour is Dr. Patrick Heron. We're going to be talking to Patrick about his new book, Return of the Antichrist and the New World Order. Dr. Patrick Heron was born in Dublin in 1952. When he was 24 years old, he had a soul on the roads to Damascus type of epiphany while reading the Bible. Thus began his Christian walk. He became interested in the Bible prophecies concerning the end times about 1996. In 1997, his first book, Apocalypse Soon, was published and became a bestseller in Ireland. It entered the Irish uh, bestsellers lift after an interview with Gareth O'Callaghan on RTE Radio, who said he, and this is a quote, read it, read it in one sitting and was gripped. Another book, The Apocalypse Generation, was also a success. There has recently been amazing interest to date in this new book, and uh, joining us now is the author of, as well, The Nephilim and the Pyramid of the Apocalypse, our good friend, Dr. Patrick Heron. And Patrick, welcome back to the Exxon. Lovely to talk to you again, Rob, and thank God we're still here on the on this side of the grass looking down rather rather than on the other side of the grass looking up. Well, isn't, isn't that true? Patrick, uh, tell us a little bit about your new book, Return of the Antichrist and the New World Order. Well, I'm really excited about this book, Rob. It's a, it's a follow-up to my last book, The Nephilim and the Pyramid of the mm -hmm. Apocalypse, which uh, was a seminal work on the Nephilim or the fallen angels of Genesis uh, chapter 6. And there's huge interest in, in the Nephilim and fallen angels at the moment because of all the UFO activities that's going on, crop circles, mm -hmm. abductions, sightings, and all these various other things at the moment, which leads into my new book. Uh, but my last book, The Nephilim, um, continues to sell quite well. One of the top ten publishers in the States bought the rights for it. And uh, it's just gone back for its fifth printing. And that was a seminal work, as I say, on the, on the Nephilim or Fallen Angels. And uh, a couple of years ago, Rob, I, I was reading a lot of information on the Internet about the Antichrist. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I got sort of fed up reading, listening to what I was hearing everywhere because they... Well, Somebody wrote something about this guy about 60 years ago, and everybody else is just rabbiting what he said, or parroting, rather. Right. I've got my animals mixed up. They're parroting <laughs> what, what these guys said 60, 70 years ago. So I decided to go in and do my own study, mm -hmm. ignore everything else, and see what the, the scriptures say about this man, which we call the Antichrist. But interestingly, he's, he's never called the Antichrist in the book of Revelation. He, the words the Antichrist are only used twice in the whole of Scripture in John's epistles. And the word Antichrist appears five times in John's epistles and twice uh, with the the, uh, the Antichrist. But in the book of Revelation, he's, he's never referred to as the Antichrist. In, the, in this book, he's referred to as the beast from the abyss. In fact, to give him his full title, he's called the beast who ascends out of the abyss, having seven heads and ten horns. And he's referred to as the Beast by John the Revelator no less than 33 times wow. in the book of Revelation. 33 Pat times. Patrick, Getting, Patrick, yes. you and I have to take a two-minute commercial break, my good friend. Thank you very much for joining us tonight, Patrick. Always great talking to you. Dr. Patrick Heron from Ireland is with us at this hour of the Exxon. And if you'd like to contact uh, Patrick, he's got a very interesting website, Exxon Nation. And the website address is www.neph. Dot IE. That's www.neph.ie. And we're talking about Patrick's new book, Return of the Antichrist and the New World Order. My name is Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon. We'll be back on the other side of this two minute commercial break. Don't go away. Yeah. 
Nation, welcome back. Uh, Dr. Patrick Herring is our very special guest this hour. His website is www.neph.ie. Patrick, uh, where does the misconception of what or who exactly the Antichrist is? Well, the misconception comes, as I said, from some people who wrote some stuff many years mm-hmm. ago, and everybody just takes it uh, um, as written that this is for real. But as I say, I went in and I decided to see what the scriptures say about this guy. So, as I said, he's called the beast who ascends out of the abyss, having seven heads and ten horns. So, my thesis, my book is about why is he called the beast? Mm-hmm. What is the abyss? Why does he have to ascend out of it? What are the seven heads? What do the ten horns represent? Etc. Etc. So, in this book, as I say, this is the first in-depth study of this man, and he is a man, but he's a different type of man, that John the Revelator terms the beast from the abyss. So I'll be showing in this book what his name is, where he comes from, where he is at the moment, when he will appear, what the seven heads are, what the ten horns represent, his association with the USA in prophecy, his demise and his final doom. So uh, this book, you know, it, Christians, uh, Rob, are usually encouraged uh, biblically to, to take the milk of the word that they may grow thereby because they're, they're referred to as babes mm-hmm. in Christ. But this book is meat. It's very strong meat. So in this book, the, the reader will be taken on, a, on an excursion behind the veil of the apocalypse to glimpse secrets that have been hidden from scholars for centuries. And it is because we are in the end times now that these mysteries are now being revealed. Is there an association between the Antichrist and what some people are calling the Maitreya? No. The Maitreya is a false Christ. The, the very first thing that... Um, Jesus said when they asked him what will be the signs of the end of this age and of your coming, mm-hmm. he said, beware of false Christs, false apostles, people jump, jumping up saying, I'm Christ, I'm Christ, I'm Christ. Maitreya is one of those. There's another guy I heard about yesterday called Metatron or something like that. There's been loads of these guys, David Corish, Jim Jones. They're always popping up all over the place. Now, in order to, to find out who this guy is and why he's called the beast from the abyss, you get back into the scriptures and you will remember, in order to, to ferret out this truth, um, Rob, the last time I was on with you, when we spoke about my last book, we talked about the Nephilim. Yes. And the Nephilim were the fallen angels. The Nephilim means the fallen ones, because they fell from heaven, this parallel universe. They fell to earth, and they fell from grace. And these are what you would call gods, with a small g, spirit men, who are fallen angels. That's why they're called the fallen ones. And these guys descended, a bunch of these, 200, according to the book of, of Enoch, uh, descended on Mount Hermon in the days of Jared, which is about a thousand years prior to the flood of Noah. And it says that they appeared before the human race at that time. They were irresistible to the women. They were supernatural, superhuman beings, extremely attractive, full of mystical uh, knowledge, magical information, powers, 
and they influenced the people at that time in, in a very negative and evil way. We're told that they took many of the women to wife mm -hmm. and that these women bear children and these children were the giants. Their offspring were giants and these are, of course are the giants of, of scripture and the giants of all the traditions of all the writings uh, of ancient times all around the world. So that's who these Nephilim were. And by the time that the flood came along, a thousand years later, we're, we're told that these guys uh, had infected the DNA of everybody in the whole world, except for Noah and his family, just eight people. But everybody else was affected to the point where the world was full of violence and bloodshed, and it says there was only evil in man's heart continually. So God sent the flood. He wiped out the whole of the human race at that time, which may have been as many as 20 or 30 million people. All the offspring of these fallen angels were drowned. The giants were drowned. But you can't drown spirit men. So we're told that these spirit men were locked up, incarcerated in a subterranean prison, which is called in scripture, it's called the abyss or the bottomless pit. In fact, once in, in the epistle of Peter, it's called Tartarus or Tartarus. And Tartarus would tie these fallen angels or gods in with the gods of Greek and Roman and Egyptian mythology because tar Tartarus in Greek and Roman mythology was the uh, place of imprisonment of the, the gods and the fallen angels who rebelled against Zeus. Mm -hmm. And we're told that the Messiah, in his risen body, when he got up from the dead, he had a new spiritual body, he went and preached to these spirits who caused the sin in the days of Noah. And he more or less said to them, here I am, boys, I'm up from the dead. All your plans have come to naught. Uh, uh, I'll be back hasta la vista, or words to that effect. Now, these guys are spirits, as I say, because that's what angels are. They're spirits. They're men, but they are spirit beings. We, we always think of spirits, Rob, as being invisible, yes. ephemeral, ethereal beings that mm -hmm. we can't see. Not so. Every time angels appeared in Scripture, they looked like men, they wore clothes, they ate, they drank, they, they were mistaken as men. And these particular guys could have sex with human women and produce these offspring. So these guys are locked up in this subterranean prison. They've been there since the time of the flood, about 2000, 2248 BC. So they've been there 4,200 years or so. But in Revelation 9, in the coming apocalypse, we're told that this bottomless pit is going to be opened again. And these beings are being released onto the earth once more. And they have a king over them. We're told in Revelation chapter 9, verse 11, we're actually given the name of the Antichrist. And of course, everybody has missed this. It's hidden in plain sight right there in front of our eyes. Revelation 9, 11, it says they have a king over them who's the angel of the abyss, and his name in Hebrew is Abaddon, and in Greek hath his name Apollyon. And Apollyon is nothing more than how the Greeks spell Apollo. And Apollo, as you know, and many of your listeners will know, was one of the original uh, pantheon of, of gods who, who were the leaders of, the, of Greece, with, uh, along with Jupiter, Saturn, Mercury, Orion, Poseidon, etc., etc. There were some female ones there. Uh, Athena, Athens is named after, Demeter, Hera, etc., etc. So when we read the, here of the Greek mythology where it talks about the gods came down from heaven, they lived in Mount Olympus and Delphi, Zeus took alchemy and wife, a mortal woman, she almost died giving birth to Hercules. That's where all this stuff comes from. Uh, so I put the Greek and Roman and Egyptian mythology together with the scriptures. And the scriptures say that this guy who comes out of the abyss, who's, a, who's an angel, and the ruler of the rest of the angels, whose name is Apollo, or Abaddon, goes on to become what we call the Antichrist. And of He's course, not a man. And, Sorry, and, Rob, and, and of course, in Greek mythology, Apollo was the sun god. Yes, he was the sun god. 
He was the god of music, mm -hmm. the god of medicine, the god of prophecy. He had his oracle at Delphi in Greece, which is an incredible tourist attraction still today. You can look it up on, on Google. Yes. Incredible place. There's temples to mm -hmm. Apollo all over Greece and Rome and Turkey. And uh, this is who these gods were. And these were the gods, well, in my last book I dealt with, who built all these ancient monuments, such as the, the incredible temples at Baalbek and all over the, the uh, Mediterranean, the pyramids, Newgrange here in Ireland, Stonehenge in England, the great pyramids of Mexico and Guatemala, the Nazca Lines, the joint heads of Easter Island, Angkor Wat in Cambodia. This ties in all with these Nephilim, these fallen angels, these spirit men. But this book is about the return of the Antichrist. That's why it's called a return, because he was a leader and a king prior to the flood of Noah for a thousand years ago. And once again, when he comes onto the earth, he's coming back and he's referred to 33 times as the beast who ascends out of the abyss or out of the bottomless pit. And he goes on to become what we call the Antichrist. Why is it that people are trying to put modern-day politicians as the Antichrist? You know, well, there was there was talk on the Internet that George Bush was the Antichrist. There was talk on the Internet that Osama bin Laden was the Antichrist. Uh, you know, it seems that we need to put a present-day figure on anything that is negative when it refers to, you know, religious philosophies or mythology. Why is that, Pat? The reason is, is because, as I said, somebody wrote donkeys years ago mm -hmm. that some human politician was going to arrive on the world stage and that he would be possessed and empowered by Satan and this man would be the Antichrist. It started off centuries ago, Rob, with, with Nero and several Caesars and Popes all the way down through history until we got to Hitler, Stalin, Paul Pot, you know, Mao Zedong. I had emails a couple of years ago from a guy insisting that Ronnie Reagan was the Antichrist, Hillary Clinton, mm -hmm. Tony Blair, now the, you know, the Barroso, the, the head of the European Union. And when I was studying this uh, a year and a half ago, I clicked on anti, I Googled the word Antichrist and Obama Antichrist came up and it had 1.3 billion hits on it. Wow. Because many evangelicals think that this guy is the Antichrist. Well, I can tell you and tell all your listeners that all these people have one thing in common. They are all wrong. Because the Antichrist, who is called the beast from the abyss, mm -hmm. 33 times, is a fallen angel. He's a man, but he's a spirit man who's going to arrive on the world once the apocalypse begins. But here's the, here's the rub. He's not going to come back and, and say, my name is Abaddon or Apollo or Azazel or Azazel, which is what the Book of Enoch calls him. He is coming in the stead of Christ. Anti in Greek does not just mean against. It can also mean in the stead of. And this guy, is when he appears back, I believe the great delusion and deception that's going to be perpetrated on the world is that this guy is going to come back and present himself as Jesus Christ, as the true Messiah, and people will believe that he is Christ returned. I wouldn't be surprised if he has holes in his hands. I wouldn't be surprised if he turns water into wine. It says several times in Revelation that he that the people of the world will be astonished when they see the beast from the abyss who once was, now is not, and yet will come. I'll tell you what that means in a minute. They're going to be astonished because they're, they're, he is going to deceive them with his lying signs, miracles, and wonders. And just as when the true Messiah was on this earth, signs, miracles, and wonders followed him. So when this counterfeit messiah comes signs miracles and followers uh, signs miracles and wonders are going to follow him 
We're told in Revelation 13 that he receives a deadly head wound and that he appears like he's dead, but he's going to be raised from death by the power of the dragon. All right. Stand by, my good friend. We've got to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. Very interesting guest all the time. And a good friend of the Exxon Radio Show and the Exxon Nation. I'm talking about our guest this hour, the one and only Dr. Patrick Heron. His uh, new book, The Return of the Antichrist. And his website is www.neph.ie. My name is Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon. We'll be back on the other side of this break at, with the news. Don't go away. No, no. Hi, this is Ken Elliott. When I'm floating around the universe, I always try to tune in to Rob McConnell. Hi, hold there, Trinity Frog on Sesame Street. When I want to find out what's going on with UFOs or ghosts, I listen to the X Zone with Rob McConnell. This is Les Corrigan from Target Internet Development. You're listening to Rob McConnell on the X Zone Radio Show. This is John Hogue, Prophecy Scholar, and you're listening to Rob McConnell in the X Zone. Welcome to the X Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. She's got the devil in her heart. For the eyes they tell a lie. She's gonna tell you a lot of Welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. My name is Rob McConnell. Our guest this hour is Dr. Patrick Heron, and he is joining us uh, from his home in Ireland. His new book, The Return of the Antichrist, is now available. His website is www.neph.ie. Just before we start, Pat, uh, during the last segment, you said in, in chapter 9, verse 11, the angel was the angel of the Antichrist or the Antichrist was basically called Apollo. Is it coincidence that it was in 9-11 that the identification was made of the Antichrist? Uh, yeah, I'd say that's, I'd, I'd say it's a coincidence. Okay. I, I don't go in for these things. Uh, big coincidences are, you know, the, the 21st of December, 2012. Everybody is talking to me about that. Someone mentioned it to me this morning when I was working uh, here in Dublin. Mm -hmm. The interesting thing about the the Mayan calendar, which is supposed to finish on the 21st of December, 2012, is is that not a half an hour from where I am sitting, Rob, there's a huge uh, Neolithic tomb. Well, they say it's a Neolithic tomb. They say it's a burial site. I don't believe it is. It covers about three acres. It's all stone. It's up about 15, 20 feet high. There's grass all on the top of it. And there's several of these all over the area there. It's called Newgrange. People could go on and look at it, uh, Newgrange. And it's got one small entrance into it. You've got to bend down and, and uh, keep your head down, and you can crawl into the inner sanctum, the, the middle sanctum of this huge uh, um, burial or Neolithic tomb. It's supposed to predate the pyramids, by the way. And there's on one day in the year when the sun rises, because of the angle of the sun at that particular day, 
the rays of the sun shine down through this aperture and illuminate the inner sanctum of this incredible building in Newgrange. And that date is the 21st of December every year. So mm. the people who built Newgrange and who were knocking around Ireland in those days, I have no doubt are the same people who built the Mayan calendar, the pyramids in Machu Picchu, the huge pyramids in Mexico, the Nazca lines, and, and a lot of these other uh, amazing buildings all over the world that there's no accounting for, and many, many of them. In fact, I think all of them have astronomical and astronomical associations and mathematical associations. So that's the one connection that I find interesting about the 21st of December. The fact that 9-11, uh, Revelation 9-11 gives us the name of the Antichrist, uh, now to me is a coincidence. I'll tell you what is amazing to me is, is that that verse has been written there for 2,000 years mm -hmm. and nobody noticed it because they're all saying, hey, Ronnie Reagan is the Antichrist. No, it's, you know, Osama or, or you know, Bin Laden or whoever, right. or, or the president, president, President Obama. His name is written there, and we're told that he is the beast who comes out of the bottomless pit. But nobody has put the bits of the jigsaw together in such a way as I have, Rob. And this is the first book ever, I believe, which is a study of this guy called the beast from the abyss having seven heads and ten horns. And that's why it says he's able to deceive almost the whole world with his lying signs and his wonders. And just before the break, I mentioned that he he's killed in Revelation uh, chapter 13, but he's raised from the dead. This is a counterfeit resurrection. Everybody in the world is going to watch this, by the way. Uh, CNN, Sky, Fox, they're all going to be watching this. And, and when you read it in Revelation, it, it tells you that everybody in the world is going to be astonished when they see him raised up from the dead. Furthermore, it talks about the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And the first horseman that goes out is a white horse. And the rider on the white horse is a bow but no arrow. Now, again, this tells us this is the counterfeit Jesus, because the true Jesus is coming back in Revelation 19, riding on a white horse, and those with him are as called, as chosen, and as faithful. So the Antichrist is going out also on a white horse, because he says, I'm going to be, I am going to come back as the true Christ. He will be acceptable to the Jews when he comes back, because they don't believe that Jesus was the true Messiah. They're still waiting for them to come. He'll be acceptable to excuse me, acceptable to what I call Christendom, which are all these so-called Christian churches, right. which are not Christian at all, i.e. the Roman Catholic Church. You know, and I know all about that because I was an altar boy. I knew all my Latin prayers. You know, I went to Christian brothers who beat the lard out of me for years. Oh, I know everything about, but we didn't know anything. No, no, Catholics don't read the Bible. They don't really believe in anything. They don't, they haven't a clue. They're just going around jumping up and down and praying to statues. So there's a billion of those there. They're going to believe he is Jesus Christ. And he's going to have a sidekick, Rob, which is called the false prophet. Now, I think this sidekick uh, called the false prophet may have something to do with a guy called the, the 12th Imam or the Mahdi. I presume you've heard of him. Yes, I have. Well, in the Islamic prophecies, um, which is it's an interesting thing in itself that, that the Quran and Islam has prophetic rights. Uh, writings, mm -hmm. but there's a reason for that too, because the, the the Muhammad says that a bright, glorious angel appeared to him and dictated to him the Quran and these various writings. So a lot of the uh, of the scriptures in the the Islamic write, writings are going to parallel and mirror those in uh, the Book of Revelation and in the Bible, because 
the devil knows scripture better than you, you and I did. And that's why he was able to take the Messiah up on the top of the temple and say, go ahead and throw yourself down for it is written. And then he quoted verbatim what was written in some obscure Psalm in the Old Testament. So he knows a lot of these prophecies. So he's telling the, the, the um, uh, Muslim people that there's going to be a, a prophet who's going to come. His name is the 12th Imam or the Mahdi. And that several hundred years ago, as a young boy, he disappeared and hid down a well. But at some time in the future, he's going to come out of his hiding place in the ground. And he's going to lead Islam to a series of victorious battles over our enemies and establish Islam as the world dominating religion. Well, it's very interesting uh, that, you know, there are two men. And it says, by the way, that when he comes back, he's going to have as his lieutenant, Jesus Christ, which is amazing. Well, now, as I say, the amazing thing to me is, is that they have prophecies at all because the only real prophetic book in the world is the Bible, which tells you the things that are going to happen before they do. But, as I said, Satan, Lucifer, the devil, knows the, the, the Bible better than, than you and I, so his counterfeit writings are going to have some semblance of truth in them. And I think that this Mahdi, this 12th Imam, could be the false prophet because if, if the, the false Messiah gets the Jews inside, gets Christendom on side, then the Mahdi would be the guy to get Islam, a billion Muslims on side, when all this stuff happens. And that's why I think the, uh, the, the Antichrist will be able to broker a peace deal between the Arabs and the Jews, which we're told in Daniel 7, uh, chapter 7, verse 25, I think it is, uh, that he is going to broker a peace deal between these two nations. Because as it is, and especially with stuff that's going on in the Middle East at the moment, uh, it's going to pile huge pressure on Israel once all these dictators move out, and I presume Islam will move in there. Pat, you also mentioned that the Nephilim, or you know, they came from a parallel universe. If they came from a parallel universe, Pat, is heaven, or what we call heaven, also in a parallel universe? Absolutely. I, when I talk about heaven and I read about heaven in scriptures, I'm thinking of this place that is a parallel universe out there somewhere. Mm -hmm. Now, it's it's not in our time zone. Right. We're in a time bubble, Rob. It says in Hebrews, when the Messiah, when Jesus ascended, it said that he passed through the heavens, plural. That Because they're spirit beings, I presume mm -hmm. they can go from here to there in the blink of an eye, as it were, right. even though it's gazillions of light years away for us human beings. So it's in a parallel universe, but we're in a time bubble. And he said when he went up there, he's, he said he was going to his father's house, his house of many mansions. He's mm -hmm. going to prepare a place for us, and he's going to take us to this place. Now, the interesting thing is, is right, and, and, and this is the, the amazing thing that I saw when I was writing this book, Rob, is, is that these guys are coming back. Not only in Revelation 9, when the bottomless pit is opened, are the 200 fallen angels released onto the earth again, the Apollo or Anabaddon and his, his 199 mates. Around the same time, we're told in Revelation 12, there's a war in heaven, not a battle, but a war. And we're told that Michael and his angels fights against the dragon and his angels, but their place is found no more in heaven and they are cast down to the earth. And it says, woe unto the inhabitants of the earth because the devil is cast down and he knows his time is short. Now it also says in Revelation 12 that day and night, the, the Satan, the adversary, appears before the throne of God, accusing the brethren. So Satan and the rest of the fallen angels who rebelled with him way back when, when they tried to usurp the throne of the Most High God, they are still living somewhere outside uh, um, 
this city of God, which is in this place called heaven, but he has access to the tr throne of God because it says, day and night, he appears there accusing the brethren. He's saying, look at that Paddy Heron guy down there in, in Dublin. He St. Patrick's Day down there, he had loads of pints of Guinness and he had some Tullamore Jew whiskey. Then he went home and he had a big row with his wife and he kicked the cat. He's a bad dude. He's re rehearsing all the, the sins of the church. But in this future time, they're getting the boot and they're going to be cast down to earth and they're going to appear on earth and everybody is going to see them, Rob. That's why it says in, in um, Revelation 6, it says the stars of heaven fell from heaven to earth. And this stars is a metaphor for the angels. It says like figs falling from a fig tree shaken by a mighty wind. How will we know when the end times were, were, have actually started, Pat? And when will we know to watch for the return of Christ? Well, the interesting thing about this, what, what I'm just about to follow up on now, about these angels appearing in full sight, because mm -hmm. once they're kicked out of the realm of the spiritual, they become manifest in the, in the, the, the realm of the senses that we live in. And that's why, Rob, go, go down the next time you go to the movies and have a look at all the different types of movies that are on. About seven or eight out of the ten movies now are mystical, supernatural, spiritual, occult, witchcraft, aliens, Avatar, Harry Potter, the TV programs, Fallen, Stargate, mm -hmm. Buffy, etc., etc. The, the, uh, the books, Twilight, Vampires, it's all mystical, magical, occultic, supernatural. Then you throw that in with all the abductions that are going on, the incredible crop circles that we see all over the place, uh, um, sightings of UFOs on a, on a daily basis all over the place. Even the UN, I saw recently, Rob, you probably know this, the UN now have a woman, I have her name written down here yes. somewhere, who is the UN diplomat to go out to meet the aliens when they arrive. Is there a connection between extraterrestrials, UFOs, and biblical times? It's all the same thing. Some people call them aliens. Mm -hmm. Some people call them extraterrestrials. The Bible calls them the, the fallen ones, the Nephilim, fallen angels. And the reason all this stuff is going on in the movies and TV, we even had the Vatican come out uh, last year, a year and a half ago, saying, yes, there are aliens out there, but they were created by God and they're benign and they are friends. We have the Brits opening up all their UFO files, the Americans, the French opening up all their UFO files. The world, Rob, is being conditioned and brainwashed and readied and prepared, much of it subliminally, a lot of it very overtly, in preparation for the appearance of these fallen angels when the world wakes up some morning, someday, and these guys are going to be here. And this guy is going to be appear before them, a beautiful guy, handsome, and he's going to say, I am Jesus Christ. And you have to remember that most of the people that are going to believe in this guy when he, when he appears are just ordinary people. They're just what Paul called body and soul man, natural man. They're not people of body, soul, spirit, because those people won't be here. This is going to happen, Rob, after what Paul calls the gathering together and what the Americans call the rapture of the church. Once they're taken out, in fact, it says in Revelation 9, just before the, the bottomless pit is opened, it says a huge smoke is going to come out of the, the, this bottomless pit when it's opened, and the, the light of the sun and of the moon will be darkened by reason of the smoke. I wouldn't be surprised if the next thing that's going to happen is the world will wake up, several hundred million born-again Bible thumpers will be gone, the, the earth will possibly be uh, engulfed in smoke for a couple of days, and when that blows away, all these guys are going to be here, and that's what the world is being prepared prepared for right now. Could it be a super volcano? It could be a super volcano. 
Uh, that happened with Krakatel or whatever you name that back in the 1700s. Yeah. It blocked out the light from the sun for several days. It could be a super volcano. It says the bottomless pit is going to be open and the smoke is going to come out of this like the smoke of a great burning furnace. So it very well could be. But when it all clears off, these guys are going to be here. The likes of me and my mates will be gone, Rob. I don't know whether you're going to be here, you're going to be gone. That's, you know, the parable of the five wise virgins and the five unwise virgins, uh, which I have a, a good chapter about in my book also. But the amazing thing to me is, is that when you see that the UN have a, a diplomat to meet the aliens, that the Vatican are talking about, all the movies. I mean, when I walked through Heathrow a couple of weeks ago, Rob, I, I was coming back from New Zealand, and they had these posters on the wall. And they had posters of an alien, the face of an alien, you know, the guy with right. the oval-shaped head and the oval eyes. And written across it was knowledge. Knowledge. That's all that was on the poster. And I said to my wife and my daughter, I said, look at this. This is unbelievable. And everywhere this stuff is happening around the place, the movies are just full of it. And I said, as I said, it's all to, to subliminally condition and brainwash uh, and prepare the, the mass of the human race for the appearance of these soon coming fallen angels to earth. All right, Pat, stand by, my friend. You and I have to take our final break. Exonation, Dr. Patrick Heron is our special guest. He's got a brand new book out. This is a must for your your library because these are the types of books that you the Exxon Nation really love to read. The Return of the Antichrist. His website is www.nephi.ie. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. No, no, this I can't believe. She's gonna tell you Hello, you have reached the Devil's Answering Service. Para instrucciones en español o prima el número uno. To sell your soul, press 2 now. For directions to hell, please press 3 now. To talk to a demon, please stay on the line and a representative will be with you shortly. Explanation, uh, Dr. Patrick Heron is my special guest this hour. He's the author of The Return of the Antichrist, www.neph.ie. Uh, Patrick, how does this all tie in with your book that we discussed last time you were with us about the pyramids and, and present-day events that are happening throughout the Middle East? We we saw you know, what happened in Tunisia, Yemen, Egypt, and, and now what's going on in Libya. Is this all part of the same play playing out? Well, absolutely, Rob. Remember when they asked the Messiah what we des would be the signs of his coming mm -hmm. and of of, uh, of the end of this age? He said, uh, don't let anybody deceive you. Watch out for deceivers. He said, you'll hear of wars and rumors of wars. Nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And that ethnos, that kingdom is ethnos, both both ethnos, one ethnic group against another ethnic group are in, the, in, in terms of what's going on in Libya and these countries, one tribe against another tribe. He said there'll be an increase in famines, 
in earthquakes, in diseases, in peculiar weather, in lawlessness, in immorality, etc., etc., etc. Of course, the main sign with regard to the end times has to do with the fact that the Jews are back in Israel. There was several scores of prophecies said the Jews would be kicked out of Palestine, scattered all over the world, and everywhere they'd go, they would be persecuted and despised and hated. And that happened in the 70 AD when uh, um, Titus came in, he sacked Jerusalem, he slaughtered about a million Jews, the rest were scattered all over the world, hence the wandering Jew. Everywhere they went, they were persecuted and hated, which culminated in the Holocaust in Germany in the Second World War. But there's many, many other prophecies that said in the last days, in the last generation, that God would regather his chosen people again and establish them in Palestine and Israel as a sign to the rest of the world that we were in the last days. So, in fact, one prophecy said that this would happen in one day. So the Brits went into the UN in uh, 1948 in May. They proposed that Israel be given its own nation state. It was seconded by the Yanks. And uh, so they became, they got their own uh, nation state back in one day. Now there's six and a half million of them there. World peace is contingent upon what happens in that neck, neck of the woods between the, the Jews and the Arabs. And we're also told in prophecies that Jerusalem is the rock on which the world will perish. And it's referred to as a cup of trembling. So all this stuff that's going on in, in Tunisia and Yemen and all those other Arab countries that are they're talking about democracy and all that, I have a funny feeling as soon as they get rid of all the, the, the dictators that the religious uh, fundamentalist Islam will move in and then all the, the women will be wearing their burqas and the men will be all bowing the knee. So this is going to put further and further pressure on Israel and it's all heading towards a point where it talks at some point in the book of Revelation, where several Arab nations are going to attack Israel, both from the north and from the south. Uh, so it, it's just the fulfillment of Bible prophecy uh, right before our eyes. Every time you switch on the news and you see stuff on the, on the television yeah. about uh, uh, trouble in Israel with the Arabs, we are watching that prophecy to coming to pass, Rob. We are that generation. So we are very close to the second coming. We're on the cusp of it. And, and uh, you know, when you're, you mentioned the pyramids, Patrick, my last book, sorry. You know what? We, we're running out of time very fast, Patrick. First of all, I want to thank you so much for joining us. I'd love to have you back on in the very near future so we can further discuss this amazing topic. ExoNation, Dr. Patrick Heron has been my guest this hour. His new book, The Return of the Antichrist, his website, www.neph.ie. I'll be back on the other side of this break with the news. Don't go away. Family. It looks a little different for everyone. For some, it's mom and dad. For others, roommates who feel like family. And for others, it's your significant other, their golfing buddies, your children, a high school soccer team starting lineup, and oh look, they're all taking you up on the offer to stay for dinner, really testing the limits of that phrase, the more the merrier. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on home and car insurance. Easier than making three frozen pizzas and assorted frozen veggies into a cohesive meal. 